and welcome to our latest episode of Voices of Biotech. In this episode, editor of the Bioprocess Insider, Millie Nelson, sits down with the three founding members of the CGT Circle, a decentralized networking platform for women in the cell and gene therapy space. In this conversation, they discuss why they started the CGT Circle and where they hope to take this platform. It was great to meet you guys the other week I'm in Bermondsey. It was a really, really good event. And it was nice to see it in action before we have this conversation, because obviously then I know a little bit more about it. And it would be great if you guys could introduce yourself um, and your company, and then we can move into why CGT Circle was formed. So I'm Lindsay. I'm a senior commercial professional on the tools and technology side of the cell and gene therapy industry. I actually trained as a scientist, um, but I moved into technical sales after my first postdoc. And I've spent the last 12 years working to, to really to launch innovative technologies for cell and gene therapy manufacturing. Um, I think rather unusually, uh, my career actually took off after having children. I think it comes down to being in the right time at the uh, right time, right place. Um, as the cell and gene therapy industry really started to gather pace over the last sort of 10 years, uh, my skill set, which was understanding the world of GMP and how products need to be supported for use in that environment, was incredibly in demand. And I got rapidly moved into increasingly senior roles across various commercial functions from product to marketing and sales and business development. Um, and, you know, that that level of kind of curvy careers and broad experience got me to where I am today, which is a startup. Um, I'm building out their entire sort of commercial function at MicrofluidX, um, and we're developing a next generation cell therapy manufacturing platform. I am Nicola, uh, one third of the founding members of the CGT Circle, but also uh, my day job is um, a brand and content strategy consultant for brands across the um, cell and gene therapy space. Um, I have a science background, but have weaved my way through publishing events, content, brand, landscape um, for the last 15 years, always within kind of life sciences, biologics, and more, most recently specialising in cell and gene therapies. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Kate, and yet the third and final member of the, uh, the Circle co-founders. So my experience has been within the technical side of cell and gene therapy. Um, so I've I've been working in the space for around 15 years. That's been in the, the research end, uh, the process development, and also the manufacturing end of um, cell and gene therapy development. Um, and that's been in an academic, small biotech and big pharma settings. So I feel very fortunate um, that I've sort of seen quite a varied picture of, of this journey through from discovery through to manufacturing of, of cell and gene therapies. I think that sort of varied experience has got me where where I am today. So I'm a 
CMC Translational Consultant at Exmoor Pharma. And here I particularly work with academic spin-outs, small medium enterprises is our sort of sweet spot. And it's helping groups to to establish their CMC strategy to take their exciting science through to viable medicines um, that are hopefully going to improve the lives of patients. So yeah, that's a that's me in a nutshell. That's great. Thank you. I feel like it's really exciting to actually have three people on the podcast because this is the most we've we've had. Um, so it's exciting to do it all together. So how would you describe the CGT circle? I would describe it. I like the phrase decentralised networking. Um, it's about creating communities in local areas of women who want to connect with each other. And it's about allowing women at the start of their careers to connect with women later on in their careers and bringing people together to share experiences and, um, yeah, talk about life and careers and and everything that goes on in between and learn from each other and support each other as as we navigate this journey. Um, How it works, it's about sharing the heavy lifting. There's three of us co-founders of this group. We can't put on 100 meetings, but we could put on one each. And if other people could put on one event for women in their local community, if there's 10 companies in your local community, that's 10 events a year that you can attend. And so that's how we're trying to roll it out, that the community does the lifting to support themselves. And um, that's so far how it's worked with our events that we put on. And, and there's been a lot of fun had across the industry. That's my yeah. take. I, I, I would, you um, do no, I think that was amazing. And just to add to that decentralized sort of um, concept and that vision, and I, I view the CGT circle is a kind of like hub and spoke. So we provide the hub. Uh, you can think of us as like, you know, marketing and operations, for instance, you know, we we create all your marketing. We've got the community to market it to. We set up the event bright. We kind of help with the uh, any organisations and connecting you with, uh, you know, sort of low level financial support. And then the spokes are the meetups themselves. Um, local hosts, local communities getting together um, and that's kind of how I how I view it. I don't think there's much more to add there. I think these guys summed up brilliantly. Probably just add that we know networking is incredibly valuable personally and professionally um, and that women do often find this quite challenging or scary. So really we in our hub, um, our aim is that we can facilitate um, that networking and kind of take the fear factor out of it and just encourage people to come together. And the evidence so far has shown that, you know, when you leave one of these events, the energy is palpable. People are absolutely buzzing about it. Um, and the feedback has all been really quite mind blowing. So, yeah, it feels like we're onto something. And, you know, month five, we're still very much evolving. We're still working out exactly quite what it is we're doing and where we're going. But it feels like we're getting a big community around us who all want to help shape and drive it. Yeah. And I think it speaks to what you said, um, Kate, about you cannot be what you cannot see. It's not just kind of up the ladder and in the corporate sphere. It's if you see lots of women networking, you are more inclined to then maybe join in. So uh, creating sort of a momentum with us in the sort of centre being the advocates for it. Um, 
is a really nice concept as well. That's so interesting because I think a lot of the times when people in general think of networking, it has that corporate stigma attached to it. You network to only benefit the workplace or Mm. the relationships that can be made in the workplace. Whereas from what you guys have all said, the CGT circle, you're networking maybe for your career and to better yourself in that way but you're networking for yourself so you're making individual connections you're building your own self-confidence your own contacts um, so that when you have those not not hard hardships but when you you get to something that you think you know I need help or I need someone to guide me on this or like you said Lindsay I'm in between jobs I'm transitioning corporate to a startup you have people to turn to uh, and give you uh, great advice and I'm assuming from the amount of people I don't know how many members you have we should definitely discuss yeah. that from the amount of members you have that is a collective opinion a collective thought that a lot of people are experiencing in the industry as women yeah for, for us as well it was very much about like the kind of local community led networking as well um, so you know at a local level groups of women and meeting and networking and it's kind of the frequency and meaningfulness of connection that was important, you know, actually forging friendships as well as connections in business, having those networks to to support each other. And like you said, you know, it's careers, it's life, it's so, so many other things because you know, they're, they're so intertwined. Um, so I think, yeah, you raise a really good point there. I think um, we do say, don't we, that the circle is about decentralized local networking that supports you professionally and personally or that should be personally and professionally um because similar in a similar vein to what Lindsay just said um looking at the next generation I know how lucky we were um or I certainly was um in my uh, cohort going through PhD days and postdoc days and we had great networking events, whether that be things like the London Regenerative Medicine Network. There are many others like that. But that enthusiasm and engagement that you got from attending those meetings with people at all stages of their career, that hooked us in. Um, and it also helped us form connections and um, and networks, I guess, that are still very much active today. You can't understate the power of the network. Um And as Lindsay said, when you've had tough points, reaching back out to those people that um, you've you've built those networks with has been so important in my career. So when sort of having younger members join teams you're in and and you sort of say, you know, who's in your network? Who have you got that you can talk to across boundaries, not just in our field? And sometimes they didn't have those networks. And I thought this was quite sad. So that's another real plus of the circle is like a space for the junior women to come and so the energy is quite palpable in those rooms yeah and I think if you start net like if we start providing those networks at a entry level and a junior level it then just becomes the norm and it becomes expected whereas I think maybe maybe it is a sort of women-centric thing that but it's not as easy to to network I don't think um it could be the environment it could be being one of the only women there in the first place it can be sort of an intimidating perhaps you know unwelcoming place but if we start building this 
from, you know, we've had master students at the events, uh, which was amazing to see, then it just becomes what you do. And I think fostering that culture is going to be a really good thing. That's a really good point. I, I just want to point out that the CGT circle is not just for people in cell and gene therapies. Uh, it's open to, to everybody really in the industry. And I know that from, you know, I attended my first uh, event, networking event a few weeks ago in London. It was great. There were so many people there who were coming on their own. They didn't know anybody. And taking a step back, having a look around the room, everybody was chatting. It wasn't necessarily just about work. Yes, there were spaces if you wanted to speak about work, but it was really about forging relationships, having a network, keeping in touch with people and then looking forward to the next time rather than going to an event, talking business, leaving. And probably, I mean, you might have had a great business chat, but you might not take anything else away from it. So I think that's so important from my personal perspective that the CGT circle is doing you're creating a safe space but it's also a fun space the networking isn't you know it's not about uh, just talking business or everything that you do in your day-to-day job it was more personal and about the person and what what they're doing and the advice that you can pass on whether it's personal or professional I'm glad you enjoyed your first event Millie I did I really did. We we enjoy it too. I mean, I think that's that's the best thing, isn't it? We we have a an absolutely fantastic time um, meeting. We've met so many people across so many, um, even just in two events, and the spread of experience. You know, we have people from HR, um, lawyers. You know, we, we, it's not just about the people making the therapies. It's all the ecosystem and that's what we're trying to encourage is this is an ecosystem and our common theme is that we're women but we all have experiences from being women but again it's the collaboration that's going to be required to fix a lot of the challenges in the cell and gene therapy industry and make it the success it deserves to be requires these networks to come together so it's, it's also really exciting from that perspective as well. We can probably t- to add to that um Although it's a, a women-focused um, network, we obviously have many awesome male allies that have supported us, who think what we're doing is awesome, um, probably would quite like to join some of our meetings. Um, <laughs> and whilst many of those men would absolutely fit into the environment that we are creating at these events and what and the hosts are creating, um, you can't get away from there being a slightly different vibe at these events versus your typical conference event and I think I think Nicola you touched on this there is a there's a general trend that some women do find it difficult to network um, and when we ask them they say this feels like a safe space I'm very much going in on a on a level with everyone I'm not aware of the hierarchy what position you you know what what role you are who's VP who's whoever um, it's just a group of people that all want to all want to chat with each other and have a good time yeah and I think I said to you guys after the the last event it really felt like I could just bring my whole self into the room and like you know be authentic I didn't even have to think about it I didn't have to sort of brace or hold anything back um so it's just an amazing environment and I think it it speaks to the fact that you know perhaps if you translate that to maybe the 
corporate or business world, like one one senior woman does not uh, equal a you know a culture shift. There needs to be a critical mass of women or whatever you know whatever the minority sort of group you might be focusing on is. There needs to be a critical mass of those people in order to really create a a culture shift. And I think that that is incredibly important for, like Lindsay said, you know, making CGT what it deserves to be. It's going to take everybody um, and we need to give everybody a platform to to do that. Um, And yeah, create create lasting change as well. Thinking about the, the cultural shift and having it a critical mass, you aren't just based in the UK. So the CGT circle is becoming quite international with its networking and its meetings. Um, It would be great to hear where you have networking events planned, where you're thinking of going, if you're allowed to tell me that, and potentially past events, because we have listeners from everywhere. And I feel like soon it might be coming to a city or a place near them. So it's definitely worth um, letting people know that this isn't a UK London based network. I'm really glad you raised that Millie because that is one of our you know this is our USP that we are a decentralized networking platform um, or we're, we're trying to build a decentralized networking platform so yes our first two events have been in London but we are so, we're really keen to to take that out so people, women can form their own local networks and have those frequent local events so they do get to know people be that in their own town or their own science park or their own building because we found particularly over the last few years that people don't often know who's even in the office next door so we've got events in various cities in the UK towns and cities coming up um I think we've just had one I don't know if I'm allowed to say actually very very up in Nottingham and there are a number of others in the pipeline here but ones we have got confirmed are the first international one coming up is Zurich, um, and that's going to be next week. Um, and then we have also very kindly been given space at the ISCT to run an event there. I'm very sad not to be attending Paris, but I believe, Lindsay, you are. And I think there's some exciting stuff happening across the pond. Lindsay, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, so there are teams on the East Coast and the West Coast planning events um, in June. And... Um, we're just finalising the details of those. So, you know, this is not about being the UK. It's about anywhere who wants to bring together a collective of women um, in solid gene therapy. To we can support with the marketing, with the branding, with some ideas. We can connect with sponsors in our network. We have sponsors in our oh, supporters in our network um, who are happy to to help if if they need support on putting an event on um it, you know it's about using the ecosystem to to bring people together and again you know events don't have to be big or fancy i'm i'm hoping in the summer we might see some picnics in the park um certainly that's hoping or just lunches grabbed together on the same campus i'm i'm based in stevenage there is a an amazing ecosystem here of many different companies working in this space and and I'm busy introducing people that I know in different companies to each other um, because they didn't know each other. And so let's get together and get to know each other and, and share our experiences and, and learn from them. Talking about experiences, I think we've touched upon it briefly, some of the challenges that you identified 
as a women in the industry being either in a corporate setting or just work life in general could you if you feel comfortable maybe go into what really spurred you then to to go ahead and create the CGT circle with a female focus um, and what really the goal is I know that it's obviously to network it's to create this ecosystem this safe space but from I can assume that you you have your individual goals for the CGT circle and then collectively you come together and you'll have collective goals. I can give you my perspective. So I've always been, you know, passionate about empowering women and um, bringing them together and raising up other women. So it's just been something that has been a part of me for, for, you know, throughout my life, you know, it's just, I think it's really, really important. And what is clear for CGT specifically is that there are so many women in this industry. And and actually, before we embarked on this, I didn't quite realise how many incredibly talented, amazing women were in this industry. But to galvanise them and see how many of us there are, you know, like we said, the LinkedIn group's got over 700 members in just a couple of months. That I think, knowing that, and every, and every other woman in in the circle or you know wider industry knowing how many of a, how many of us there are i think is empowering just in and of itself let alone the connections and the network so from my perspective and it wasn't until i started getting involved in senior level meetings within a corporate environment and you know presenting to to large groups and and it was one moment that really struck me. I was I was presenting in a, a quarterly business review and you know in a capacity that I was overseeing marketing and this is the marketing strategy for the next quarter. And one of my team pinged me on Teams as I finished speaking and said, It is so good to hear your voice. And then I realized that on this call that is broadcast to many people across the organization, there was the lone woman with about 10, 15 other men. Men just you know, doing their thing. I and mean, it's like, if that's what someone lower down in the organization is seeing, and before I took that role, they weren't seeing anyone at all. I weren't seeing any women at all. And what does that say to them? And, and this is only, you know, a handful of years ago. And it made me realize suddenly I'd become a role model, which was very traumatic in itself, because I'm surrounded by great female role models in, in the corporate environment ahead of me. And I'm like, I can see that I can get there. Then I realized I've become one of them. How did that even happen? I'm not a role model. And then I made the transition to startup and realized that actually there's even few of us in senior roles within these organizations. When you're starting up a company and, you know, maybe, you know, are there women in a, wanting to take that risk in these kind of companies? Are they better in, in, in corporate? And so it was suddenly I really was a role model again. And I shouldn't be the exception to the rule. And I have people asking me, well, how do you balance your family and how do you balance this? And it's like, how do we share that knowledge and experience so that, you know, I don't, I'm not, people like me are not the exception. It's just normal. Um, And so that's what I want to see. I I don't want to be the lone woman on calls. I want, I want to be more of us. That's amazing. That's such a good point uh, as well. And I think when you said that 
it was people who were maybe not holding the top positions in the company sometimes I don't mean that they're forgotten about in terms of their company, they're important, but the access that they have to networking events that have top female leaders in top positions, that might not be so easy for them to get into. Having something like the CGT Circle, having a network where you can go to that event, doesn't really matter what job title you have you can go there and you can meet those people or you can learn from them and you can have discussions is is great and you know thinking about that if your whole premise is to more women in positions like that by having these networking events I'm assuming that the hope is that it kind of inspires people to keep pushing to think that they can definitely get into those roles just to add to what these guys have said, um, my reason for wanting to build something like the circle kind of echoes a lot of what uh, Nicola and Lindsay have said. I was very lucky in, in an earlier on in my career to have some awesome female um, role models that I worked with, and they've really helped to shape, you know, how I act and the sort of work I do now. Um, and they're still great role models to me and mentors. Um, and another thing I'd noticed when speaking with some of the junior team members I was meeting was that they didn't have access to mentors and the, and the concept of mentorship was quite foreign and we sort of say you know you can't be what you can't see now obviously some people can and that's great but coming into contact with those um, role models and they don't have to be super senior but they can be a role model in any area of life it doesn't need to be a seniority thing but just having that opportunity to come into contact with them is really powerful I'd got into a point in my career where, you know, there, there was a few tough times and I, I wanted to speak to somebody outside of the company who was who had had the same experiences as me. And particularly when you're in small um, startups, there's often not those people that you necessarily want to talk about certain topics with. Um, and we can't get away from the fact that there are some topics that affect women um, in a different way to how they affect men. How, how other women have navigated certain issues in life is really interesting and really valuable to, to hear that something like this where informal discussion is encouraged and quite clearly just is cultivated is really really powerful I think that's why everyone leaves so energized that mix of conversation you have at these events is is something else. Do you say it removes the fear for people as well I know you just mentioned then about being in a small company or a small space I can imagine that you maybe don't want to share even if it is about something professional, something to do with work, you maybe don't want to have that conversation because if you're a team of five and you tell two of those people and then two people know and then and I'm not I'm not even meaning gossiping, but just in terms of that means your whole work environment, your work circle, that yeah. news is out there or whatever you were feeling that day's there, having the option to connect with people outside of that I think you must be removing a barrier of fear it's not going to come back to you at work it's something that you've had as a discussion outside of it and then you can take the advice or even not even advice just feeling better from speaking to somebody from a similar industry not even necessarily the same job. I can add to that point though about you know people in the same industry as you it is so it feels very poignant, even productive almost, to have 
people who understand and can relate to you both in as capacity as a, as a woman but also in terms of the industry that you're working amongst my friends they don't really understand what I do I'm kind of like the Chandler um so to have to be able to have those kinds of conversations as well is a uh, yeah it's, a, it's like a real tonic and uh, for me I work for myself mostly by myself so this is like getting to you know catch up on all those Christmas parties I've missed over the years as well kind of having that that collegiate environment and atmosphere so yeah probably our whatsapp group is the best it is the best chat on my phone i tell you it is science it is girl chat it's photos of the kids i mean it is the best nanny advice wall to wall advice wall to wall advice yeah advice on everything it's great it's friendship yeah, yeah. it's yeah. more than just um a networking thing it's become a friendship which is really really nice to hear those topics that you know sometimes are a bit taboo like guys I've got this interview how should I approach this you know what salary shall I be asking for those things that you feel a little bit more reticent about doing so in your own company and I think women do find it a bit harder to network than men do and when they looked at the lead like female and male leaders the women that had made it to the top were the ones that were really good networkers and once you get a good networker, you're a really good networker. So it's somehow um, breaking down the barriers a bit sort of earlier on in the career so that we have more people in the management positions and then hitting C-suite. You know, when you go, when you look at the data around that, I mean, I always quote the McKinsey report because the data is just striking that as you go at every rung on the corporate ladder upwards, the proportion of women drops. And you start off at parity, you start off at 50-50 approximately. And it's why are women dropping off? And there's a multitude of reasons. But one of the really, you know, some really interesting data that comes out of it is that women are dropping off near the bottom before they're impacted by life and family and all these things that go on that cause them to juggle and maybe take a step back from their careers. So it's not just the women are having babies it's something else as well. And, you know, I think the data, when you start digging into the data that's out there, there is so much and it's really, really interesting. What I really like is when one element of the data that turns things on its head, when you look at companies and the demographic around diversity, and actually we should be encouraging more women to come through into these leadership roles, because it turns out the more diversity you have at the top of companies, the data shows it that companies are more successful. And so we have this sort of almost a paradox in my mind that we should be actively encouraging more diversity, more women and more underrepresented groups through into leadership positions because they add so much value to the companies that that do this. Unfortunately, we're not seeing this in the data trends that are coming out in big data sets. So it's really interesting that we have this paradox of what we want is this but we're not achieving it yet and I think something like the circle where we can you know effectively support each other and help people make those connections and and with other company you know with other women with other companies and, and things like that to help them navigate these career paths I think maybe we'll help more women climb that corporate ladder yeah and I could get stuck into like the patriarchy here but I don't know I don't know if this is the time or place but um that paradox you know it, companies perform better 
with more diversity, but actually is the goal to perform better or is it to keep power and control? I don't know if that's the tangent, but um, what I was going to say, when I think, Lindsay, you talked about parity. Equity um, is not the same as equality. And mm. if you look at an industry like CGT, STEM in general, such a lucrative, lucrative industry. And if we're going to get anywhere near the kind of parity and equity um, uh, between the genders that we want that we want to see, we need to encourage and um, make these industries more attractive to to women because to be you know crude at the end of the day this is where they're going to earn more money and have more financial empowerment as well so those aspects are important actually that's that's another thing that that came out in some of the 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 reports that actually if we don't make environments to work where women want to work we're seeing the biggest shift in women in leadership voting with their feet and saying well actually do you know what i've got to the top this isn't a fun environment. I'm going to go work somewhere where I feel like I fit better. Um, certainly, that's been, you know, ex- experiences that that I've had. You 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 now, when you get to a certain level, are saying, well, actually, I'm I am going to call the shots on this. I'm not prepared to work. I want to work in an environment that I want to work in. And so you're very much more selective when you are in that jobs market as to choosing where you want to work. And so. It's not only just about a talent pipeline coming through companies to get women into these leadership positions. It's how do you hold on to them when you do have them? Yeah, I've spoken to a few different players in the field, not necessarily CGT, but life sciences in general. Obviously, the talent gap kind of across the board. People are struggling. The amount well, the rate that the industry is growing compared to the amount of talent that are coming through is just not quick enough. But one of the a really interesting conversation I actually had, I think it was TCR Squared Therapeutics. They're saying, you know, it's not even just about finding the right talent. It's being able to retain the talent Mm. and you retain the talent, obviously, with the perks of money, you know, that sort of. But you you normally keep people actually because of the value and the culture you've created in your company you most people even if they they've got a little pay rise or something's happened if the value and the culture doesn't align and they're unhappy they will leave and they'll find another company that is implementing culture and value that aligns with them and so it seems that it is really important to question why to have those hard even though it can be uncomfortable I think but what Lindsay said you know why if it is more if you're a better working company with a more diverse workforce why do you not have it and I think this is when it is important when I I don't know what happens in your own individual companies but nowadays we all know that most companies have diversity and inclusion tasks and it's so important I, I think this personally that these are not tick boxes that it's not hey you've got a 20 minute presentation that you're going to have once every six months and at the end we'll do a multiple question answer you've got 80 percent you've passed you're really inclusive woo it's all done we don't need to do anything and I'm just wondering whether from creating CGT circle have you guys gone back and looked into your own roles and how your own businesses and work life work and implemented any changes or um, 
took from it and then brought them to CGT Circle? I think one one thing I mean I think I think you know when you when you think about these things you have to live and breathe your, va- your values if you've got strong values live and breathe them and it will be reflected in the culture you create um what have I learned from circle I've learned that actually being honest um you know I have two small children um I outsource everything I can at home to allow me to do the senior level jobs that I do um you know, and they're happy and I'm happy and, and that's good. Um, but again, um, it, you can't have everything. And I, I think we're doing a disservice. I feel like I'm doing a disservice to women 10 years younger who are thinking, oh, actually, it might be time to have kids to say that it's easy. Um, and, you know, I think it's deciding what, what you're prepared to sacrifice and, and things like that. And so being able to openly have that conversation and people can actually do you know what it's it's good that we we're having this conversation because you know we 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 do sugarcoat things um so hearing that and then hearing that from other women having similar experiences is is really empowering and how do we how do we make work work for us because there's so much talent out there that we could be utilizing more if we could make work work around life a bit better I think Lindsay as well we met for the first time at an event um, and we went to a round table um, a, a female focused round table and what was really interesting as well was the conversations that got brought up there about women who had children and how you navigate the family life but there were also people there who didn't have children and I've never really thought about it before in that capacity but they were saying you know I might have a colleague who needs to leave at 3.30 to go and pick up her child from school, but I want to at five go to a gym class. How do I compare? Should I feel guilty because I'm doing something for me? How do I go about that? Is that wrong of me? And it was it was great. But so everyone's reaction was no. If you've if you've got your work done or you're finished, you've not got this important meeting and it's good for you and healthy for you. It's going to better you to go to that gym class, come back, finish the work. That's what you should be doing. There's not a competition in terms of family versus not having a family. And I think that's really important because with the CGT circle, like you said, it's people all different ages, all different backgrounds, different home lives, different work, startups, corporate and I think that's great because everybody will share slightly different walks of life and stories and that will make people feel better, especially for younger people if they're coming into the industry and that is something that they feel is happening in the company. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember that conversation and I wish someone had told me at that age, actually, do you know what? Get the work done and and it's presenteeism versus productivity okay that's we learned in COVID that you can kind of work from home and now we're still trying to work out how we come back from that and you know I think presenteeism suits um suits other people more than it suits me that's for sure um so I find myself in a hybrid environment where I can do an awful lot of stuff in in the time that I have available and still balance my life around it but that's a choice I think we're going to see presenteeism challenged a lot by, you know, the next generations coming through. They are not accepting of um, the lack of flexibility 
between work and life. So I think that's something that um, be interesting to see how it plays out, but also that we can learn from a lot. And having networks there to support when that does happen, or you do find yourself in that position. So getting the word out, making your connections now, like you said, if you foster connections now, um, in 10 years, you might be going back to that person you met 10 years ago and saying like, hey, this is what's happened. I need some help. And you've removed yourself from relying, I think, solely on work or personal friends to do that in terms of outside of your your work. And you've got somebody who can give you or people who can give you some advice and some guidance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When I was sort of in between jobs, um, reaching back out to that network who you had you cultivated it you like these people you you want to speak to them regularly and then when you need to you can talk about work and careers and um different scenarios and it's incredibly valuable um what um would you say then is next for cgt circle i know you've got multiple events coming up the linkedin membership is racking up probably as we speak and people will be talking about it and passing it on to friends colleagues but thinking maybe five years down the line um, and this is still going we hope what is the future looking like for CGT Circle? I would like to, to see it get to a sort of autonomous state where um, you know people are familiar with the concept they they have started to establish those networks and so people are routinely hosting um meetups and events um which is absolutely what we want to see um i think lindsay touched on this earlier but you know we have toolkits and um resources to uh help people host events um and support us to help fund anything that you might need around that event so we have a toolkit in place so I think it's just we love hearing that people are going to step up and host an event. That's the best feeling. It's so exciting. Yeah, I'd like to see it get to a point where we can't possibly be attending them all. We will have to pick. <laughs> yeah, and some case, isn't it? Yeah, now. Yeah, and some automation would be nice. Um, like, like you said, autonomy and yeah, automating this process so that we've got so many people holding, you know, these small satellite events and you know, constantly updating calendars and a really active LinkedIn group. Obviously, we want to, you know, kind of expand and do the website and maybe create our own community that isn't just on LinkedIn, those sorts of things. But I think whilst the bigger bigger events are amazing and the things associated with, you know, big events in the calendar are amazing, to actually see a group of 10 women going out for lunch one day um, in the science park or in their town and you know doing that frequently and getting to as many um hubs and hotspots and things as we can be amazing and the other thing that i really um see down the line is that you know when there's so when there's like a webinar or a plenary session or a conference and it's pretty much all men uh, which we see we do see time and time again we now know that it's not because the talent and expertise doesn't exist and you know we're really here to, to challenge that 
so having the CGT circle almost as like a repository of experts, female experts, if you're putting together something and you want a diverse a diversity of thought on your panel, then coming to the CGT circle and putting a, a request out there, I think that would be an incredible resource. And for me, I think having been in Salon Jean from very early on when it, before it was fashionable, and seeing how connecting people early in this field led to collaborations and research projects and driving the industry forwards, I would love to in five years time be able to say that amazing new technology came together because these two women met at one of our events or this amazing new therapy, this new company was founded because or this new trial or just to be able to pinpoint, and I can pinpoint that with some of the early trials in Salon Gene to events that I've been involved in and connect people that I've connected. And I'd love to see that for, for some of the women who attend our events to say, hey, in five years time, what have you achieved? That would be amazing. I think obviously you all introduce yourselves at the beginning with your job titles, but I just want to reiterate that you are doing this on top of your normal jobs so it's obviously really a passion project as well so you're putting in so much of your extra time to run this to create the circle and I just think that 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 needs to be mentioned because this is all on this isn't your day job as we like to speak and um, this is something extra to that and I think that goes to show also the need for it in the industry this is something that you guys have decided to take on that you've decided to create and you know create a network uh, of women who are coming together so I think it's brilliant um, I would encourage anybody in the industry who isn't already signed up to the LinkedIn to go and find them and if you are close to an event or a network or like you have said you can set up your own and have support with that then they should definitely do it because it's 100% worth it and you'll never really know I guess if you're going to need it at some point and even if you don't need it it's nice to know that you have people around you to help and uh, for women in the industry across any segment or section of it um, it's very very inclusive. Thank you so much for joining me today I really appreciate having the conversation it was really really interesting I hope you have enjoyed yourself as well and uh, I'm excited to see see how it all turns out Thank you for listening. In our next episode, I'll be interviewing the two leading members of the Femtech Association of Asia, Lindsay Davis and Micah Stannerbach. So tune in to listen to that next month.